Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. Hey, welcome on board. Glad to have you here, buddy. You're looking fine today. You were able to sit up and take nourishment sufficiently today and exercise and shower. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Okay. <laughs> nodding off again. We have no. Joe Biden as our guest here today. Yeah, no, right. just Sleepy kidding. Joe. What the... <laughs> the name guess, fits where it. <laughs> I guess we can't... Uh, Share the comment of one of our fine state U.S. senators from Kentucky. Uh, it was on. It was on the news this morning. I forget. He's that's terrible. Um, oh, John Kennedy. Hmm, okay. Yeah, he said the President Biden's goal ought to be to wake up this morning and say, "I'm going to blank less, less. Right. yes, less." <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Which is our that's motto. our goal. We've been saying right. that every day before we go on the air. Today, let's do it less. In 2007. <laughs> we didn't say it the first day, but we certainly said it the second day. Well, we've had many years to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> we should have it down by now. All right, we are going to enjoy open phones today. We would love for you to check in. It is Thursday, so this is the last day of Joe's retirement shortened week. He gets to enjoy his retirement lengthened weekend. Ben Reichley will be in tomorrow. We're going to shoot for one of those CBS correspondents during tomorrow's show. So we would love to uh, hope you'll check in for that. And we would just love to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565 is the telephone number that puts you on the radio here. You dial that up. You can talk about President Biden, maybe something in the news. There's a lot of things uh, going on these days. Joe always scours the news. MSNBC, Fox Fox News and CNN. And, and I got a goodie this morning. Merrick Garland is going up before Congress, and the issues that he's going to be pelted with are considerable and worth discussing. Oh, okay. So we can talk about that. Uh, the FDA yesterday approved Moderna and Johnson Johnson booster shots. Earlier, they had approved the mix and match. If you think you got a Moderna, but Pfizer would be a better booster, you can flip that around. Or some Johnson and Johnson people say they want one of the uh, uh, what is it? RDNA or R or MR. RNA ones. Well, everybody which is can see that the John, if you have the Johnson and Johnson, you need a booster. Right. Yeah, that seems to be uh, universal. And, and opinion. plus, uh, children can soon be vaccinated. Uh, another approval came on that slog to make sure the kids are ready to get vaccinated. So, of course, some parents quite eager to do that. Other parents, um, not as much so. But kids, I think it's ages five to eleven, got the green light, and so the White House is trying to roll that out to make sure that kids can get that. And we touched on briefly yesterday that uh, in the employees at Netflix, uh, the transgender employees at Netflix, and apparently there are quite a few of them, are walking out over protest to Dave Chappelle's comedy, uh, Close The Closer, which is on Netflix. And I thought it was interesting. Among their demands is that they spend as much money on programming related to the LGBT community as they do to the straight community. Now, oh, my gosh. Wouldn't that be disproportionate in terms of population? Well, maybe it's kind of a... Uh 
not retaliation is the word that popped into my head. Reciprocation. What do they call it when you hire people equal time, equal rights, or uh, equal hiring? Affirmative action. Affirmative action. Right. So this is affirmative action for entertainment. Well, I don't know that I want to see endless amounts of programming that's based on sexual themes. I mean, it well, it may not be sexual. It may just be individuals. Well, they want them to hire LGBTQ executives. Well, what if they're not qualified? (laughs) (laughs) Well, then don't hire them, but keep finding. Well, they're not asking. They're they're just asking that they be hired. You know, that's what bothers me. I said to you before this, um, before before we started the program this morning, the last night I was looking at all the news, and it came to me that who's really responsible for the division in this country? And I think it's the political parties. I think they each have a vested interest in trying to preserve themselves. And in doing so, they seek any advantage they can find that would leverage me to to support them or you to support the other party. Well, and he, uh, when John Shipman is the co-host here, he talks about this and how they are run by elites. I believe he's talking about both parties run by elites that really have a, a firm grip on keeping power and controlling power and making sure. And when you hear this uh, bitter division being voiced through some of the vitriolic uh, remarks out of Washington, it's one party or the other pushing for more power, pushing to make sure that they are able to hold on to their power, that uh, they the other power doesn't get, uh, you know, the other party doesn't get uh, too much of a say, and they use the voters in the U.S. to make sure that they get to uh, wage war. So, uh, and uh, and I think we heard a little bit about that last week when we heard from the Open Discourse Coalitions, and Dr. Paul Sievers was here, and this idea that if you are going to uh, push our democracy forward, uh, it is the people that are going to have to demand better government. But we do just the opposite. You know, we see this terrible government in Washington and Harrisburg. And what do we do? Well, oh, I, think, I love my legislator. Well, I'm sending we, them I right back. I think we back. get caught up in it. We, we become, I think, I don't want to say they're pawns or sheep. I don't like that term because I think people largely think for themselves, but they base their thinking on what it is that they're presented. You know, if I watch the news and every day I get a steady diet of Republicans are bad, and, and you know, MSNBC, uh, not MSNBC, but CNN, my gosh, they, they talk like, well, if the Republicans were elected, there certainly will be hard times ahead. Oh you know, God. they make it sound like the Republicans are evil incarnate and the Democrats are sitting on the shining hill on the top. So what does that make? What does that do? That attracts all the Democrats. We believe everything CNN says because they're there for us. And the Republicans shut them off. And the same thing's true with Fox in reverse. You know, it, it seems to me seriously that the p- political parties have a vested interest in separating us because that is how they wedge, using these wedge issues, they hope to grow their own party at the expense of the other one. Well, and it used to be that we just discussed issues. Now it's, it's personalities tied up with the issues. Well, and let's use Sean Hannity and uh, Tucker Carlson as examples, uh, but I, I think the same thing could be said for, you know, CNN or Rachel Maddow's on or uh, her predecessor Get on rid the of them all. TV. I forget his name. Anyway, but everything is ultra-partisan on there yeah. and, and vitriolically so. And, you know, they, they say how, you know, people, Democrats, like on Fox, they would say Democrats really hope to ruin the country, get communism here, and make sure that the uh, the elite power stays in Washington for Republicans only. And, you know, Democrats say just the opposite. You know, Rachel Maddow's far more wordy version of a it doesn't surprise me that her ratings are low. I mean, it's well, p- terribly prolonged to take, get to any point. Take programs like The View, which I wouldn't watch. 
or the five on Fox. Mm. I have Are no they pro- the same? Well, in, they're, they're similar in, in certain ways in that they have a group of people, some coming from the left, some coming from the right, and they sit there and they discuss issues. Now, yes, they can do it in a very heated way, and they can be disrespectful to one another, and they can be extremely impassioned. But I have no problem with that. But because they're at the table. Both, both sides have a chance to express their opinions. But you take the Hannity's, you take the Tucker Carlson's and the Rachel Maddow's, they have a... and Oh, uh, Don Lemon <laughs> and that ilk. <laughs> yes, well, and Don Lemon has this strange ability to say, the price of milk went up in in uh, in the U.S. yesterday, and it all relates to racism. Right, and Donald <laughs> Trump. Like, Donald Trump did it. <laughs> Those racist cows are making the milk more expensive for people. Of Everything color. he wears race-colored glasses. But I don't think there's any way to get around it. I mean, this is just what we're fed, and everybody, even well, the why networks. Why don't we watch something else then? Well, I don't watch them. I mean, I don't. I would not watch a Talking Head at night if you paid me. I just wouldn't. If I'm going to sit down yeah. and spend an hour in front of the TV set, I hate to say it, but I prefer mindless entertainment. I want to see. Um, I love shows like The Closer, Ro- The Rookie. Well, you like, but see, then you're trying to get away from it all. But there are a lot of times when you want some information. You want to find out what's going on. I want so. the news. I want Walter Cronkite back on. I want to know what the news is, unbiased, unfiltered. Just tell me what happened and let me decide what it means. I like the Anderson show at 8 p.m. He always starts out with a main theme and some good guests, and uh, it is one-sided. I mean, occasionally interviews a, a sort of a token Republican, but it's mostly left-leaning. But um, still, it's usually pretty informative. But just the first half hour, after a while, I mean, nobody can, I'm assuming nobody can sit there and watch the whole thing. How long is it? Uh, it's an hour. It goes oh, till okay. 9 o'clock, and then um, Mr. Cuomo takes over. Well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to guess I'll guess the wrong no. Cuomo. I'll say Mario like you. <laughs> but I, I think that, you know, you look at the ratings Chris. these programs get. Go. Now, Fox, is, Fox runs away with the ratings on these shows, which I think is probably indicative of the fact that the other, net, the other audience is split between CNN and MSNBC. You know, then you have all these fringe channels. Uh, what's that? Um, OAN. Well, no, the one, the Patriot Network that they have, and then um, I forget what the other one was, the Conservative yeah, Network. Yeah, I'm not familiar with uh, OAN and uh, Newsmax. Newsmax, that's the one I was reaching for. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have all these vested interests in, pro- in promoting a specific political agenda. But who's talking about, in fairness and balance, the other side? You know, I, I think I, I do think Fox does that from well, time to time. But see, if you if you watch Newsmax, why would you give fair and balanced coverage of the other side when they're dirty communist stinking <laughs> dogs? No, I'm serious. But they aren't. Yes, they are, <laughs> Joe. You're missing it. You're trying to be. You're being too well, gracious. They're many, dirty, rotten, stinking dogs. Many of my friends are Democrats. We communist might dis- dogs. We might disagree politically, but that doesn't mean we have to, you know, play down each other's intelligence or insult one another, or try to, you know. Well, we have uh, trouble seeing the, the bigger, you know, what's the bigger picture? Think of, you know, we keep talking about we're going to try to push something through the U.S. Congress that's $1 trillion for infrastructure that would help the U.S. Everybody agrees on it, but we're arguing about it. And then we have 3.5. But why are we arguing about it? We're arguing about it because the people, the liberals, or the progressives want more. They want this, they want to tie well, it to they want that other big $4 or $5 thing. trillion dollars in ridiculous spending that has nothing to do with infrastructure. Right, so... 
we, for now I forgot my point. I got buried into the weeds there about what the thing is. All right, but listen, hey, folks, call us now. We were really talking. <laughs> Joe had a great, was this an epiphany or just it a passing a, thought? No, it was an epiphany okay. because I thought, now I realize what the problem is. The political parties are killing us. All right, 1-800-795-95. I shouldn't say the parties. I should say the leadership of the parties and the people responsible for the direction. I fault the Bidens, the Trumps. You know, there are ways to unite this country, but it requires more than just saying we want to unite the country. It requires someone saying, I'm going to demonstrate the leadership necessary to unite this country. All right. First caller before the la- or the la- and the last caller before a break. Stan has uh, been patiently waiting while you and I argued. Uh, Stan, you're on the mark. Please go right ahead. Yeah. As far as political parties, they both got problems, leadership in them. You know, they're pretty much the same if you look at what they do. They just say it in different words, the way they act. But the Democrats... Now, now, Mark, they're both about the same, and they both act about the same in leadership. They backstab the people that voted for them on a constant basis, all right? What were we told back in, when was it, 20... When, when, uh, oh, let's see, 2006 or whatever... Or no, 2010, you know, give us the House and give us the Senate. We can get things done. We give them the House and the Senate, the Republican side, and they do nothing. And then they say, well, we can't do nothing because we still have a Democrat as president. Give us the presidency and the other two. We did. And what did they do? They screwed us. Okay? That's what's going on with the political parties in charge. You had the Speaker of the House and Ryan that did nothing to help Trump get the policies done that would have been good for America, and McConnell's not much better now. So that's all I'm going to say about that, because there's nothing more to be said, because they all act like idiots most of the time. Well, I think the... Lying to us to our faces and making millions. I think the policies should, should be what we're debating. And I think we should do it fairly and honestly. I mean, the Democrats, sometimes I think the Republicans have a good point. You know, both sides are hypocritical when it comes to spending and the, and the budget deficits. You know, no one really wants a balanced budget. Nobody wants to tell people that we can't go on forever sustaining these expenses that we're, that we're putting out. I mean, if I were just kept borrowing and borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, eventually I would run out of, uh, first of all, I'd run out of credit because people could say, hey, I, I don't think you're a good risk anymore. But at some point, that, that house of cards would come crashing down on me. And the American people need to realize it. But on one hand, you have the Republicans talking fiscal responsibility but not practicing it. On the other hand, you have Joe Biden with a preposterous claim that these trillions of dollars of spending aren't going to cost anybody anything because we're going to soak the rich. Well, it's costing the rich then, isn't it? <laughs> well, no. See, I'm sorry there. That's all a big lie that he said because, oh, nobody under $400,000 is going to see one penny in increased tax. In fact, it's going to be a tax break. Tax cut, I think he said there yesterday. But he didn't say what what taxes are going to be cut, because as far as I know, there's nothing going to be cut. You know, inflation is the hidden tax, you know, and it's going up. And, and and he complains about the corporations not paying any taxes or the billionaires not paying taxes. That's because they have tax lawyers that <clears throat> go into the tax system and look at the loopholes that they can get. And who wrote the loopholes? The people that are in office right now. They give them the loopholes. So now they're just using the loopholes to keep more of their money, which a smart person does if they can afford it. Right. 
And then there are constant instances of people, uh, Joe Biden has been around for, what, 47 years, years ago saying things like, oh, I, I don't think we should have all this insane spending, and I think I don't think we should consider packing the court. And then when they, when they you know, he's in power, now suddenly those things are acceptable. But if you believe something when the Republicans were in power, you should believe it when the Democrats are in power. And, th- and that hypocrisy is not limited to Democrats. The Republicans are masters at it as well. I understand that, and I don't believe anything from any of them pretty much anymore, okay? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they've, they've all lied to us, to our faces. And say, now, here, I heard a news report today about they're, they're, they're whining, uh, uh, the governments in, in Europe and well, globally, there's a, a study done that over the past 20 years, the glo- there's global tax evasion schemes and tax avoidance schemes cost global governments, whatever they were, governments yeah. across the globe, $175 billion or so. You know, and $165 billion of that was supposedly deprived to 10 countries, but most not necessarily illegal uh, avoidance. Okay, so there again, the government set these rules. The companies that have their tax lawyers follow those rules, and then they whine about not getting all the tax dollars that they think they should have. Well, okay, I, I can buy that too. But here, I have rays of hope from time to time, and I'm going to talk about a group I belong to, the Pennsylvania State Mayors Association, and I'm honored to serve as a vice president in that group. And we have our monthly meetings uh, online or through Zoom. I have no idea what the politics of the other mayors are. Maybe I know one or two because of something they've said. But, you know, there's no, uh, well, the Republicans, we want this, and the Democrats, we want that. It's a group of people trying to improve the communities. First of all, improve their ability to serve as mayor. Good governance. Yeah, and then to find ways to work together to, you know, make their communities better. One of the things they do at our annual conference is we have a mayor sharing session where mayors get together and talk about what problems they've encountered, what solutions they've developed. And again, politics never never enters into it. And that's what I like about local government. As As one of my mentors used to say, there's no such thing as a Republican or a Democratic stop sign. And that's true. At the local level, I have no problem with political parties. It's how you get on the ballot. It's how you get elected. Maybe there's a better system, but we haven't found it. But when you, they get to Washington, it seems like something entirely different goes on. All right, Stan, we'll give you the last word. Go right ahead. Well, they're all trying to maintain and keep and gain more power. That's mm-hmm. what it's all about. All this money spending, that's all about power to them. The Democrats want to give, 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 give all this free stuff to people because they figure it'll keep them in power. All right? And, and, right. and But when, when, when they give all this free stuff and they get voted in, it's hard to take away the free stuff from people, so it just builds upon itself and gets worse and worse as the time goes on. And it's never going to change. Well, that's why the right. Until somebody you, stands up and says, stop. All right. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Thank you so much. Can't disagree with you, Stan. We are talking about the bitter divide in the U.S. and how it's being promulgated, promoted, and profited uh, by the political parties, the Republican National Committee, the Democratic National Committee. Uh, where do our presidential candidates of previous years fit in that? We'd love more analysis on this topic. How can we get out of this abyss? Uh, how can we stop the vortex? Call us, 1-800-795-9565. 
The vortex is the cyclone. Once you're inside the Washington Beltway, that removes the brain matter from the leaders who uh, head into there to run the Capitol and the White House. 1-800-795-9565. On the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, Dan. <laughs> Dan. Sounds like he was stuck there. It did sound stuck, didn't it? Remember the old days hey. when records used to skip? <laughs> uh, yes. I think the computer was stuck. Uh, but, hey, good uh, morning. Hey, good morning. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember that, Joe. <laughs> when the record stuck, but you know, I look at, you talk about administrations, government, I look at the results. I look at the results we had on the border with the last administration. He had uh, much more control of the border than we do now. Uh, last night on CBN News, they so far this year, a million seven hundred Mostly illegals come across the southern border. But what so. was his motivation, Dan? See, that's what what I started thinking about last night. And I agree with you, President Trump did wonderful stuff at the border. He controlled it. But he used it as a wedge issue to try and generate political division, just the same way that Joe Biden is doing it now. Trying to separate those of us who want a strong border from those of us who uh, who want open immigration in this country. Jeez, you got it bad today, Joe. But there's got to be a good way to government in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I want fair government in Washington. I want everybody's viewpoint considered, without name calling and without rancor, and without trying to use it as a wedge issue to beat the other side half to death. We're well, going to have to pay more in Washington. We only pay about $600 trillion for our federal government, so we're not obviously not getting our money's worth. Why would anybody want a bunch of illegals coming in here and all the drugs and all that? Why would anybody want that? You're right. A fair, a fair administration, if Biden was fair and dealing with this issue as what's best for the country, he would be doing something to stop that. He would be working to enhance legal immigration and doing everything in his power to enforce our laws and to stop it. Democratic but, votes but are that tied isn't to immigration. But that isn't political, politically expedient for him. Yeah, and, I, and, you know, there's probably, I, I could name them, I won't today, why they want illegal immigration. But then I look at the price of fuel. I'm it's it's up here in town. It's three thirty six now, and it was under two under the past administration. 
when they were drill baby drill they were drilling again and we were energy independent mm -hmm. that's good for me that's good for the united states right well this, inf I, this inflation as i think mark you called it a hidden tax or stan did and it is stan. It is a hidden tax, and the fact that Joe Biden's saying nothing's going to hurt the middle class, well, nothing hurts the middle class more than inflation. Exactly. When we were, we were moving ahead, and I, under the past administration, last administration where I was happy with the government, with the president, was Reagan, and we were on the right path, but... The swamp got much bigger since Reagan was president. It just grew and grew and grew. And you don't hear, you can't get anything done. Look what they did to the past president. They got rid of him. They did. They worked 24-7, the news people, with hate speech. Well, they might have set up the, the his defeat, but he completed it with the, the lack of handling COVID properly. If, if it weren't uh, for COVID, he'd still be in office. You know, the one thing with that, look, look at the, you, you wonder why some of us use the word socialism, communism, is because they, they use strict control how they want to control us. Look at the mask mandates. And it's quite, they have no right to do that, but they're doing it under, it's all democratic. It's all the Democrats that are using mask mandates. And, and that's why we say we're looking towards socialism if something isn't done about it. That's why we use them words, Mark. It's not hate speech. We're saying, get awake. Get awake, America. You're heading towards a bad situation that you won't like once you have it. Yeah. That's why we use them words. Okay. It's not hate. It, it's wake I, don't up. Know. I I think it's a it's a buzzword people use so, right. so you're scared. You're real wrong there, Mark. <laughs> okay. I think it's a buzzword. Wouldn't you be the wait. first time. <laughs> you live under socialism, you'll be get, you'll be begging for freedom back. All right, we got you. Thank right, you so much you for calling in today. Appreciate that. We got your voicemail too. Thanks for that information. Okay, yeah. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury WKOK News Time. It is 9 a.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is here. It is the 21st day of October 2021. We're enjoying open phones. Uh, Joe had an epiphany last night that is, in fact, the national political parties and, to a certain extent, the state political parties that are ruining the U.S. Their quest for power and more power and still more power uh, relates to why they do some of the vitriolic dialogue that they do and why the quest for power and uh, dissing the other and uh, promoting impasse and filibustering and endlessly just uh, not accomplishing anything that's really good for the nation in Washington or Harrisburg. Uh, We would invite you to contact us, especially if you think you have a good idea what would be our hope. We'll hit up some of the CBS correspondents on Monday when Joe comes back, see if we can further this conversation. But we'd love to talk with you about it today. Day. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com. You can text us at 70236, include the keyword OTM, and we do have uh, one, two, three texts uh, from two different individuals all lined up and ready to go. One email left over from yesterday talking about how when people either voted for President Biden or President Trump to be the next president of the U.S. last year, one of our listeners says 28% of voters in Georgia didn't vote for either candidate, similar in other states, uh, says Tom. So a third of the country didn't want either of those fellows, and they knew that the political parties were killing us. Did we ever have a nonpartisan president? George Washington. There were no political parties. Okay, they hadn't formed yet. But as soon as they did, that was it. Yeah, and <laughs> that was it. The, the I, Federalists became. <laughs> I knew Alexander Hamilton was part of the division of Washington because I watched Well, you know Hamilton. what the original debate was about? It was about the size of government, whether government mm. should be small or Limit whether the it should scope and limited, debt. limited power. Yes. All right. All right. 1 800 795 Maybe a history professor would be our uh, go to. <laughs> we talked to Leonard Steinhorn a couple of times so far this year. He does have a liberal lean, so I'm not sure that we, would we get an objective objective viewpoint on the destruction of America because of its political parties. I'm not certain they're destroying it. I just think that they're, they're, they have a vested interest in division simply because that's how they, if they don't differentiate themselves from the other side, if they don't demonize the other side, what reason is there other than the debate, the merit of the debates they might put forth to join their party? But it's a lot harder to get someone to join you philosophically than it is emotionally. So emotionally, I know that Democrats are bad. They've got an open border. They're letting in people with disease and they're letting in drug dealers. They're mostly drug dealers, right? Right. right. So, I mean, emotionally, I rapists. I'm sorry, Emotionally, I can buy that argument. You know, if philosophically I say, well, uh, illegal immigration isn't a good thing because it does. It undermines the rule of law in our country. There's the potential uh, for uh, overtaxing of our social services, you know, and the fact that we're not exactly providing all the benefits we can for our own people. That's philosophical. Emotional is we're letting these killers across the border. Rapists. Rapists. And on the other hand, the other side, the Democrats say, no, these are wonderful people who are coming here in search of a better life. 
wife. <laughs> That's the emotional side. That's not the philosophical or the, the reasonable side. All right. We're trying to be reasonable on the On the Mark program. It's not going to last much longer, I'm no, sure. No, I have other partisan stuff <laughs> to get into here. All right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. If you'd like to weigh in on our topic, feel free to do so. What could save our republic might be a good question. Or is our republic going to crumble? 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at On the Mark at WKOK.com or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM on the mark sponsor by the Sunbury Motor Company. Montour County once again participating in the National Drug Take Back Day this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Montour County Courthouse. Individuals are invited to bring expired or unwanted medications to the courthouse for proper disposal. Uh, they say the goal is to keep unwanted medications out of landfills and out of the environment and out of the wrong hands. They always say do not flush any medicines nor put them in the trash. Make sure you have them uh, as part of an official drug take-back opportunity. Death toll spiked up this week in Pennsylvania. Or, I'm sorry, yesterday in one day. Uh, death toll went up uh, 134 new deaths reported statewide. Four of those deaths were in our immediate area. There were 85 new valley cases reported Wednesday. Some of those numbers going down. We're glad to say the department says also hospitalizations are down slightly in our hospitals around here as well. For the first time as president, Joe Biden returned to his hometown of Scranton to push his Build Back Better agenda. President Biden promoted the bipartisan infrastructure package and the larger spending plan, saying he's optimistic about the outlook. This has been declared dead on arrival from the moment I introduced it. But I think we're going to surprise them because I think people are beginning to figure out what's at stake. And Biden argued support should not be partisan. These bills are not about left versus right or about moderate versus progressive or anything that pits one American against another. These bills are about competitiveness versus complacency about expanding opportunity, not having opportunity denied. Biden insisted the measures won't increase the deficit and are fully paid for. The president also spoke about his Scranton roots and the values the city gave him. Mark Sims, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Two Harrisburg Dateline stories, both of which are good news. AP reporting a Pennsylvania appeals court heard arguments Wednesday on whether the Wolf administration had the legal right to impose a mask mandate on schools. The state's acting health secretary and others ordered the students, teachers, and staff to wear face coverings while in school. Commonwealth Court is deciding a pair of lawsuits filed by parents who contend that the masks interfere with education. The plaintiffs include the head of the Senate, Jake Corman, as a private citizen. Plaintiffs' lawyers contend, among other things, that the acting health secretary overstepped her authority from a 1955 law. And also from Harrisburg, people can sue now to challenge a city's gun restriction, even if they haven't been charged with violating it. Associated Press reported that Pennsylvania's high court ruled Wednesday that the firearms owners against crime organization and other plaintiffs do have legal standings to take, the, take Harrisburg City to court on gun ordinances at issue are local laws with criminal penalties for discharging a gun inside the city, possessing guns in any of the Harrisburg parks, failing to report lost or stolen guns, or unaccompanied children having firearms outside their home. The state Supreme Court ruled 4-3 to three that anyone can file an appeal against those, whether or not you have official standing or have been a violator or not.
Finally, two of the things that might explain the last half hour. The first one does anyway. Uh, it is National Babbling Day. There's a whole psychological <laughs> reason for why we talk the way they do. Officially, incidentally, by uh, babbling is talking nonstop for two and a half hours. Talking nonstop for two and a half hours. Yeah, right. Now, if that isn't political, I don't know what well, is. Well, that's WK okay, Sunrise <laughs> in a nutshell. Anyway, uh, and finally... Uh, on the southern border, arrests are at their highest level in decades. Yes, more individuals are coming over the border illegally than ever before, but new statistics find over 1.7 million migrants were taken into custody in the last year. Customs and Border Protection reports illegal crossings jumped when President Biden took office, but the worst of it was uh, this past summer when 200,000 people were arrested at the U.S. border trying to cross illegally. And for every one that gets in or gets busted, two get in is the estimate. So one gets caught and two get in. I'm okay. surprised that somebody, I think Dan said a million is the estimate for the number of people since Biden took office. I'm surprised that that's that low. I would think that number would be higher. Well, I don't think they know for sure. Well, that's true. It's sort of clandestine. But um, if you're. That's if, how many were caught. If how you many estimate 300,000 a month, then that's. You know, well over a million in a year. Well, we are we are we aren't a year in yet. I guess is the other thing. We're only nine well, months I mean, in. Again, border security has become a wedge issue. The one side can't stand the idea of anybody being denied entrance to the country. The other side wants absolute border security and no one getting through who isn't legally entitled to be in this country. If we're going to follow our law, the second group is right and the first group is wrong. But President Biden isn't enforcing those laws. As a matter of fact, he's basically ignoring them. And even when, well, the Supreme Court, uh, well, when the Supreme Court told him to reinstate the Stay in Mexico program, gee, that hasn't been done yet. Well, that's just one decision that, that's happened. I mean, the, the border's not technically open, but more people are taking advantage of the fact that Biden is president to sneak into the U.S. And, of course, more young people, as we've sort of talked about that debacle. But uh, it, it, it's still a mess. I mean, there's no argument there. Either you have a tight border, you don't. don't. President Biden doesn't. And that's in, in, in no way benefiting the country as a whole, and it's barely benefiting the Democrats, you know, because immigration is still at crisis levels. The president's going to lose election in three years, and the Democrats are going to lose big next year. Well, there's certainly the potential. um, They just released a new um, popularity poll, and Biden's gone down again. On the economy, he's (laughs) almost in negative numbers. It's getting so low. All right. Because he has. He's bungled the economy. He's bungled Let's the withdrawal from Afghanistan. I don't want to talk about that. I know you don't. Okay. Ooh. Attorney General Merrick Garland is scheduled to testify in his first oversight hearing with the House Judiciary Committee today, offering both sides of the aisle opportunities to press him on key issues. The Texas abortion ban, voting rights, the border crisis, the January 6th riots all could come up as big topics that have caught attention during this brief time leading the DOJ. Republicans will likely hone in on Garland recent memo announcing that the FBI would investigate threats or intimidation by parents against school boards across the U.S. Now, here's what's interesting. Garland's memo combined two already explosive political issues, domestic terrorism and critical race theory, in a way that will likely prompt questions about parents' rights. Republicans have expressed the desire to determine how the DOJ views purported threats from parents. What they see as a grassroots uprising has been disparaged by the National School Board Association, for including intimidation and harassment. And the um, 
governor candidate for Virginia, um, not Northam, I forget the guy's name, the Democrat, was asked about whether or not he misspoke when he said and animated that parents have no right to determine what's taught in the schools. What did he say? He just got up and walked out of the interview. Oh, okay. And said, told the interviewer to ask better questions about something that really matters to the residents. And I they, think that was a moment of being very inarticulate, <laughs> whether you feel that way or not, which he probably does feel that way, but still. But the, do parents have a right? If I object to what's being taught in the schools, the whole idea of public schools was that, you know, well, you what? have a right to object. Right. You just don't have a right to a controlling uh, Well, I don't have a right to get violent about it. But no, I have, nor... I have a right to vociferously express my opinion about I it. I know. On I? NPR, they played some of the phone messages that school board superintendents and school board members, or school district superintendents and school board members have gotten from people that are concern, concerned about critical race theory and other things. And it's uh, very disheartening and ultra-personal and uh, just just the opposite of the kind of dialogue that you want in a school yeah. and what you want your kids to hear. All right, so 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We talked about the bitter divide in the U.S. and how the political parties are responsible. Uh, I also speculated why President Trump lost, and one of our you know, listeners says, what? Handling COVID? That's not why the president lost. How should COVID have been handled? How was the president supposed to stop a virus released by China, wave a magic wand. And uh, one of our listeners says, who started calling President Trump racist when he said we need a secure border? Why would the ones that think that think it was necessary? And yet another individual says, yesterday we talked about President Joe Biden's tax cuts for the middle class. He gave all unemployed Americans $10,000 of unemployment. Let me just finish this one thought. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you started that. I was going to ju- chime in. Garland's memo didn't use the term domestic terrorism and clarified that spirited debate was not the target of his probe. But many have raised concerns about the timing of Garland's memo, which was released just days after the National School Board Association sent a letter to the Biden administration suggesting that parents may be engaging in domestic terrorism. The letter went on to ask the administration to consider its powers under the Patriot Act, the sweeping surveillance legislation passed in the aftermath of 9-11. Now, isn't that overreach? From the school board's association? Uh, I think the ask is, but that's not what Merrick Garland ended up doing. No, it's not. But, you know, they're questioning the timing of it, that maybe he was responding. Well, he may be responding, but he responded with something else that would help, could uh, indirectly help school districts uh, find out more secure. Uh, Giving somebody a death threat telephonically is a crime. Sure it is. So I think that's... And it's reprehensible. That's what this was all about. But not everybody, again, I go back, not everybody who was in Washington, D.C. on January 6th stormed the Capitol. Not every Everyone who's upset about teaching critical race theory or what what their schools Whatever. are teaching or are, masks. Are, are, dest- are terrorists. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We Joe and I foolishly talked through the break, so call or stand by. We will be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one hundred years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your 
experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm so glad to say our patient callers have been patient. So, Mike, you're first up. Go right ahead. You're on the Mark. Yeah, Mark, uh, again, I want to question you on something you said. You you mentioned about the border and, and these different things that don't seem to be going Joe Biden's way. And you talk like that almost guaranteed that Trump was going to be re-elected pre- or elected president again and that the Democrats were going to lose Congress. Did I hear that right? Yep, that is true. Both of those statements are true. Well, can I can I either give you the nickname of uh, Dick Morris or James Carville here with that, that prognostic? Cause <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, you could be Dick Morris, and I'll be that raging Cajun. But anyway, listen, I, I do not see it that way at all, okay? Because I, I do believe the Democrats... In the media, with their alliance, they have the ability to control the narratives, and they have the ability to change them throughout the day, depending on the results that they see with their polling data. And furthermore, the the Senate, I believe, will stay with the Democrats because of the abilities of the large cities that are controlled by Democrats to, you know collect those votes and, and see who voted and the ones that aren't voted go knock on their door and get their ballots in there. So I think the Democrats really have a plan here and, uh, you know, all this business about them being afraid and wanting to compromise, I, I don't believe any. I believe it's all smoke and mirrors. And uh, I, I think that the Republicans would have a hard time even taking the House of Representatives, especially with so many uh, re- redistricting things going on throughout the country and the ability to introduce race and inequality into the uh, redistricting of the maps so that the Democrats can get what they want. I I just don't see it happening. I mean, I I hope you're right, but I I just don't see it happening. Well, Gordon Deal had on our early morning show today had a report on about redistricting and the fact that the largest growth in population is among people of color, uh, blacks, Hispanics, and Asians. And that the the question he has is, will the re or the question the guest had was, will the redistricting reflect the fact that this increase in population is largely in from minority communities, and will they actually gain minority representation? But you know that kind of runs counter. That's the same thing with with respect to politics. If we're going to say, all right, we want to create an Asian district, we want to create a black district, we want to create a Hispanic district, and over here will be a white district, that flies in the face of what this country was supposed to be—a melting pot. Why not? Aren't we all Americans? Don't we all have the same interests? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm crazy. No, no. Well, yeah, maybe maybe we need to have the uh, uh, crazy represented in this business here, too, you know, because let's face it, a lot of people that think like uh, yourself and me, we're, we're called crazy. But but to me, I, 
I'm having a hard time with the race thing, okay? They just keep pushing race and race and race and inequality. When I look around, even here in Bloomsburg, I see more and more, you know, I don't even want to say minorities anymore because they're, they're really not minorities when you look at the overall demographics of this country. It just so happens I live in an area that's not as well representative of what I saw when I lived in Dallas for a while. I mean, I lived in, a, in an affluent community in Dallas and, and I was a minority, okay? I mean, between you know all the Asians, Indians, and Blacks, I was a minority, and and I, I just to me it's just another wedge like that you're you're saying to divide Americans and to push the narrative that people are being held down by white Republicans, especially the males, to to you know, and they're doing it to make sure that we don't win the next election and that they they get this uh, bill rammed through one way or another and and get all types of new programs. And with the goal of uh, unionizing the workforce, getting more and more people employed by the public sector and making the private sector smaller and smaller. And it's just their, their goal is to get control of this country uh, for the foreseeable future. All right. We got you, Mike. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in. Thanks, Mike. You're Appreciate welcome. your call. Take care now. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. We're talking about anything that could potentially save our republic. Why are the political parties interested in so much power at the expense of uh, really uh, normal, good governance, which has long since been lost, uh, thanks to both political parties in Washington, D.C.? Uh, we also talked about schools and Merrick Garland interested in helping local law enforcement investigate who's doing the death threats against school officials and critical race theory was part of that discussion uh, for a moment there. We have another caller on the line. Cindy, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Yesterday I heard that uh, there was a proposal, I believe it's in the Senate of Pennsylvania, to require school districts to post their curriculum, the curriculum being what they're going to teach your children, our children, online. And I thought that was a terrific idea. Why? Well, because then parents can review what their kids are supposed to be learning, can uh, supplement it. For example, uh, when I knew what the curriculum was when my kids were in elementary school because I was an active volunteer at the school, and I knew that they were going to be studying about rocks. So we took a vacation, and we spent the vacation looking for interesting rocks and came home with all kinds of different interesting things that they could then take into school and share with everyone else. In the absence of the parents being informed about what the curriculum is, how could you possibly do this? I've, and we invest, we the taxpayers have invested a small fortune in the setting of curriculum, in the developing of curriculum, in the placing of materials to supplement the curriculum, et cetera, et cetera. Why shouldn't we be informed? And yet immediately, I mean immediately, out comes Governor Wolf. He will veto a, such a bill. Mm -hmm. I, it's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous to uh, refuse to tell parents what's being taught in the school. That's just ridiculous. And once you've posted it online, it's available to businesses that might want to say, oh, hey, you know, we have all kinds of resources about agriculture, or we have all kinds of resources about this material, and offer to share that with the school, and then in further enrich the learning for the children. Isn't that what it's supposed to be about? About the children, not about all these agendas that are being pushed on both sides. 
Yeah, I can, I, rem- I can remember, Cindy, when we were told that the problem we're facing is that parents are just not involved in our schools. They're not paying attention. <laughs> now right. They don't care. Now that right. we're paying attention, well, let's get these people out of here. They don't know what they're doing. Well, it's, it is, I think it's more we only want to do what we want to do. And so as long as you were inattentive, we could do that and then wag our finger under your nose that you were inattentive. But God forbid that you should actually care about what goes on in your school. Did the administration I mean, say ridiculous. why he's going to, did he say why he's going to veto that particular bill? He didn't want the information to be provided by the school districts. Oh, okay. Against the school districts telling the parents what's in the curriculum. And not just the parents, the community. They have to post it online. Sure. I wonder what why, the would the governor be, why would the governor be opposed to that? That's Gee. a good question for the governor. <laughs> I'm not his... I'm not his psychic conduct. No, I'll give you the answer. I think he's he's well aware that many of these school districts in liberal communities are teaching things that are going to be controversial, and parents are going to be upset. Well, parents have a right to be upset. You know, here's here's a little secret. We're funding this thing. We're funding this thing by taxes on our income. We're funding this thing by taxes on our purchases. We're funding this organization by taxes on our home or property. We're funding this thing. Every time we buy something that helps a business, we're funding it. So this is ridiculous to say, no, no, now it's all going to be a big secret from what's going on, especially when it opens the door to such an opportunity for people to enrich what goes on in the curriculum. That's what I think is just outrageous, to deny that opportunity to enrich it. The other thing I wanted to say is George Washington, on his farewell address, said to beware yes. of political parties. <laughs> wow, you know, what, what a prophecy he had in that. I was just watching this morning on PCN, they were interviewing an independent candidate for mayor of um, Pittsburgh. And that's pretty interesting because it's a largely Democrat area. And here's this independent person, and he's running. And he talked about his shock when the Democrat Party attacked him and his ballots, his ballot signatures. And he talked about how the Democrat needed 250 and he needed thousands of signatures to get on that same ballot to be Mm -hmm. running for office. Now there's an example of the perversion that the two major political parties have put into the voting process. Do I have a problem with you needing signatures to get on the ballot? No, but they should be the same, no matter what. Yep. You know, they're all about equity, right up until it muddies their water. And now, all of a sudden, you need they don't want equity <laughs> anymore. And it's right. been the Democrats, largely in this Commonwealth, who have fought it. It was the Democrats who drove Ralph Nader off the ballot, Bob Casey. Bob Casey sued to have his signatures denied. It was later proven that they were okay, but the election was over. They, it was Bob Casey who drove... <laughs> Romaninsky, Carl Romaninsky, off the ballot when he was trying to run for the U.S. Senate. Again, later it was found that his signatures were legitimate and that this was the Democrat Party once again. Why are they afraid that somebody right. should run against their candidate? Gee, would that be voter suppression? Well, yeah, we got to <laughs> keep our power. We do not want party divided among three ways. It's hard enough to stay to keep our, uh, our pyramid going with two-way power in Harrisburg. We definitely don't need three-way distribution. Well, All right, was, thank you. These were you. national candidates. Ralph yeah. Nader was running for uh, President. the presidency. Bob Casey got him 
driven off the ballot in Pennsylvania. All right, we got you. Thank you so much, Cindy. All right, we were talking about bad governance, and we got plenty of it in Washington and in Harrisburg, thanks to the political parties, the Republicans and Democrats. Of course, you know this, the backroom deals that used to be kind of talked about in Harrisburg were, uh, (laughs) I guess, maybe the start of this, but now it's in plain sight. Republicans and Democrats uh, talk about, in plain sight, what they're going to do to make sure that nobody challenges their power. We used to talk about the deals made in smoke-filled rooms, but now we don't smoke. Anymore, we don't so. smoke, <laughs> except in Russ Fairchild's office. He always <laughs> held that as a place where you could still smoke. Oh, so. did he really? Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, to right. the very end. But, uh, yep, he was a good leader. All right. 1-800-795-9565. We would love to hear from you folks today. Give us a call. We have Merrick Garland going to be on the hot seat today at the U.S. House or Senate? Uh, House Oversight Committee. House Oversight Committee. And, of course, Judiciary Committee. just about everything that can be talked about uh, has a potential to come up there. And uh, at the same time, we are talking about the, the terrible uh, political parties that are ruining this nation and keeping their power going. They do some good for the U.S. so that we keep putting them there. Even though the worse they do, the more we put there. So that's our own dumb fault. one 800 We will be right back. Welcome so, back. The race in Virginia, which is based on the education, the Loudoun County School District, the Democrat and Republican candidates down there, after the Democrat originally had a fairly substantial lead, mm-hmm. are now neck and neck. Yonkin is pulling uh, 46%, really? and uh, Terry McAuliffe is pulling 46%. And that's largely based on one of the candidates' remarks that parents shouldn't have the final say in what goes on in schools. Well, it says a Monmouth University survey released Wednesday showed the race dead even, 46 to 46, a shift from the five percentage point lead McAuliffe enjoyed in Monmouth's last poll last month. Republicans also expanded their enthusiasm advantage. So the Republicans are being seen as the more enthusiastic, or I have more enthusiasm for the Republican candidate than for the Democrat. The biggest swing came from independents, who now break for Yonkin 48% to 39% after giving McAuliffe an edge in the pollster September survey. McAuliffe's advantage among women also shrunk from a 14-point lead last month to a four-point lead yeah, now. Yeah, there you go. And and what do you think the main issue is with the mothers? It's mothers who Schools. go to school board meetings and yep. yell. And want to be they don't want to be called domestic terrorists because they want to say in their child's education. Or speak articulately in a normal voice uh, from the microphone, either way. Yeah, anything good that gets done in a school district is typically the moms that make it happen. Right, and, the, and like Cindy, a, vol- a lot of mothers volunteer in the schools and help out. Uh, my wife volunteered. She was a, what would you call it, a, um, a foster grandparent. She was in that program for a number of years. All right. As, as on the topic of bad governance, uh, lower right-hand corner of the text, Joe. Until the progressive wing of both parties is driven out of office, this country will remain in a dire situation. Oh, I don't think it's that simple. I, I get the point. You know, if you, had, if you had the people who were on the far right of both parties out, it would be different. But they would still be power hungry. Everybody in the middle would still be power hungry. Listen, I, I think that... And that the progressives in the Democratic Party have their appropriate place these days. They're just a little asterisk in the discussion. Uh, well, actually, they're more than an asterisk. They're kind of like the elephant in the room these days. Right, exactly. But I don't have any problem with pro- every viewpoint being recognized right. Let's and hear people from having everybody. a right to speak. There have been times in this country where the progressive po- progressives drove needed improvements in society. There are other times where they have been a pimple on the posterior of society. 
society because of their insistence on wild-eyed ideas and, and unproven theories. But they, they provide a service, as do the ultra-conservatives. You know, people are saying, well, they accuse us from time to time of being like those two old guys in the Muppets sitting up in the balcony and <laughs> <laughs> arguing. They have a name. But some, yeah, I forget, Foster and something or other. Oh, or I think you're right. Yeah, it's one of them. One of them. Anyway, Dave. We can't remember because we are <laughs> we too are old. We are two old guys. <laughs> Dave from Lewisburg says, term limits, term limits, term limits. Now, you know. That's a factor. There, There is an idea. But they would just come up with a new way to make sure that the Republicans stayed in power or the Republicans stayed in power even without term limits. Well, look at what happened. There was a big proposal here in Pennsylvania to reduce the size of our state legislature, you know, to cut it back because we have one of the most we have one of the we do have the largest and the most one of the most expensive state legislatures in the country. Yes. Yeah, do we really need all do we really need all that? You know, is it giving us better government than we ha- would have had if it was smaller? No, it's wasting m- uh, literally billions of dollars but like, in Washington. Like in other Harrisburg. things with, the, with like the radar bill that, that I'm advocating for these days, they won't bring it up for a vote, up or down, because they're afraid it will pass. Right, plus it'll limit somebody's power, so that's going to be bad. Right. Uh, on the topic of schools and opening up curricula, curricula so that you can see it online in the lower right-hand corner. Right, one of, our, one of our texters says, I'm a retired high school principal. My school's complete curriculum handbook was posted on our district's website. We tracked website activity. The number of hits on the curriculum handbook were minimal at best. Parents don't care until it becomes controversial. That's a fair point. Well, yeah, absolutely. You you hire good people on your school board, and you hire good people in your district, and you hope they do the right thing. But isn't that normal? In other words, if I don't see a problem or a problem isn't called to my attention, I'm more than willing to let the professionals do their job. Absolutely. But yeah. when I find out that the professionals have taken a license a license to do something that I don't approve of, well, I'm naturally going to complain or question. Well, people hire good people and stay out of their way. That's all right. I, mean, I don't like when my uh, truck's down at the Sunbury Motor Company. I don't go walking into the quick lane and say, hey, buddy, uh, make sure you use... Uh, 1040 on that thing or whatever. Right. You know? I want to tell you exactly how to change the oil right. filter. You hire good people and you stay out of their way. All right. Upper right-hand corner relates to our topic as it related okay. to media. I know there were some comments made earlier about Tucker, Tucker Carlson and Hannity's program, but I missed exactly what was said. Anyway, on Tucker Carlson's program last night, he discussed the extreme amount of drugs like fentanyl that are being brought into the country and into the United States. Well, that would be the country, wouldn't it? By those, these illegal immigrants. These drugs are a lethal strength, as each pill may have the lethal part multiplied many times over to make it extremely strong and a sure way to drop over dead right quick. Also, China is sending Mexico a lot of meds, like prescription meds, i.e., look for oxycodone, etc., but they are laced with lethal strengths of fentanyl. Why is this not on all the local newspapers and on all the news outlets nationwide? We are losing our kids right and left because they don't realize what they are doing when they are convict, convinced to take or to, to partake. partake. Yeah, this is 100% correct. This is the source of opium and fentanyl in the U.S. Is uh, drugs. Are our kids dropping like flies? Uh, no, but we still have the opioid crisis, and it worsened last year. We ended up primarily talking about COVID, but especially among young people, the opioid crisis and fent- this fentanyl issue was big. And illegal immigrants, while well, illegal trafficking over the border, is one of the big ways that the, the drugs are getting in. We did talk yeah. about this a little bit last we summer. We did. We did indeed. So, but uh, I think she's right. It it kind of disappears off the headlines, like you know maybe it isn't really that big of a deal. All right, one eight hundred seven. 
877-795-9565. Bob from Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Thank you for calling in. You are on the mark. There we go. Good morning. Good morning. I guess I guess my question for Joe is, uh, what's your opinion of uh, Terry McCullough that's running for governor? Uh, terrible to say I haven't really formed one. Um, I'm not too familiar with his background. Like I follow, I could tell you, probably tell you my feelings about Republican and Democratic candidates here in Pennsylvania, but in Virginia, not so much. I know that Northam was not my favorite governor ever. Um, so I don't know. Why? Have you formed an opinion? Oh, yes. I'm very familiar with uh, Terry McCullough. Okay. Tell us about him. Well, he's just a plain crook. Oh, he's okay. Always been a crook. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, he he was involved in every every scandal that the Clintons were involved in. He was their uh, I don't know what you call a hitman. I guess might be the word for it. And then in the Charlottesville, he was governor before, you know. Right, I did know that. Okay, in the, in the Charlottesville fiasco, where the so-called white supremacists were rioting and everything, you know. Uh, in the park there, uh, there was only like maybe 15 of them to speak of. And that park had like uh, three exits out of it. And and the, the so-called statue tear-downer rioters were outside of one gate. And what Terry McAuliffe and the, and the mayor of Charlottesville did was they closed the two exits that would have led, left the so-called white supremacists away from the rioters and made them go out into the crowd to stir up the incident that happened there. That's number one, okay, just for a little reference. So I guess what I'm really getting at, Joe, is I've, I've listened to you, and I agree somewhat with your statements, but your character assessment skills are very lacking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Joe. See? And more how, vitriol. How so? How so? Tell me. Educate me. Where have I well, failed? Well, I heard you I heard you say Merrick Garland was a very good guy. No, no. I heard no. you say Joe, no. I never Joe said Biden that. was a very good guy. I never say said... No, I never... Honest, I never said that. I said I thought Merrick Garland was qualified, well qualified, to be a Supreme Court justice. And I base that on work I've done with the State Bar Association and the Judicial Review Commission. I'm talking about his qualifications, not about his politics. And Joe Biden, I think he's a nice guy. I do think he's a nice guy. I think he means well. I just don't think he's the most capable guy who ever came down the pike. All right, Bob, continue. Well, the bottom line is Joe Biden is not a nice guy. I met Joe Biden 35 years ago, and he was a piece of scum then, and he's still a piece of scum, okay? I had interactions with him on a personal basis, so I know that he is not a nice guy. And I guess why I, I don't like... Democrats, basically, is the fact that most all of them have fallen into two categories. They're leeches and they're stoners, okay? Most everybody that's against Trump fell into both of them categories. What was the second one? Stoners? Stoners, people who smoke a lot of pot. Okay, poker, okay. You would know that how, Mark? No. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah, he would know that well. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I wasn't familiar with that term, but... Joe didn't smoke any reefer in his life. No, I never have. 
I'm not looking for it well, either. That's probably why he's a Democrat, then, isn't it? <laughs> why is there so Republicans? All, all Democrats are high. all Democrats oh, are I've, marijuana smokers. <laughs> back in the day, well, I, I haven't I haven't had the opportunity to meet Joe Biden personally. Don't really care to. I mean, I, I'd be honored to meet any president in the United States. Mm-hmm. But I I think that you know if you look at his personal behavior, you certainly have to say it's better than that exhibited by President Trump. And I'll point how at, so. Well, just take for example the uh, statement the president uh, President Trump released about Colin Powell's death. It was very un, un uh, it was not unnecessary to begin with, and it well, was I guess hurt, I'm hurtful. Not with that statement. Well, you know, it, it was, let's just say, we read it yesterday, but it was rather unpleasant. Well, um, okay, th- let's go back to Colin Powell, okay? okay. Fair enough. brought him up. Uh, he, he, he was escalated in stature by all Republican presidents. Reagan, the Bushes, right? Right. So he had an opportunity... And I, I, other than the fact that that at the time he was probably the, the only candidate we could choose over the alternative, um, he had, he didn't back John McCain, who John McCain backed Colin Powell numerous numerous times. Is that correct? Well, he spoke in his favor. Yes, he did. But yeah. when he had the opportunity to vote for him or endorse him. He did not because he actually went back to the hood, okay? He he endorsed the black man just because he was black, period. That was the whole, whole bottom line there. It wasn't wasn't anything else at all. So he had an opportunity to endorse the black man. Okay. Right. But Colin Powell is black. <laughs> Would not have well, that was his point. Okay. All right, I got you. His point was that Powell oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. a member of yep, his own yep, race yep, yep. as opposed I, to the I best see. qualified candidate, in theory. Okay, gotcha. All right, thank you so much. Bob, you, you need another minute or another second? Are you okay? No, I guess I brought it across. I think Joe should do a little more... <laughs> a little more research yeah, Joe. character before he makes statements about well, even in Joe's diminished capacity he's still pretty sharp but we'll we'll, we'll tell him to get back to the have work. to learn how to assassinate characters better <laughs> right that's it you, you're Joe I don't know where you learn to be gracious but you have got Look, to lose it. I have been involved in municipal government for 50 years and I've learned one thing you don't take it personal. You don't make it personal. And my problem with a lot of political people mm. today is it is personal. Oh, it is personal. Yeah, the school board. You know, I personal. I always looked at it this way: the the person who whose name who I call a name today may be a person I need tomorrow for a vote or for something I'd like to accomplish. And by just you know being so intransigent and so unwilling to to accept that someone else might have a different idea than mine. You know, that's uh, that's not good. All right, we'll have time for at least another caller, 1-800-795-9565. we got a couple of emails. One of our good listeners uh, sent us a note uh, with a caricature of Joe oh, and Oh, there I. they are. Uh, Kevin yeah. says it is Statler and Waldorf. Statler and Waldorf. We'll have All to right. get, and this actually, this is Which an Which one are you? Are you Statler or Waldorf? Well, one of them is significantly balder than the other. Well, so then which would, one is that? Uh, I don't know which which is which. Sounds like Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the name? Yeah, right. Okay. Waldorf sounds like Waldorf a bald sounds guy. bald. Okay, Waldorf is the baldy. We'll leave it at that. So Statler and Waldorf will be back right after the break, right? <laughs> 
the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Now that's rude. Throwing that little bomb in at the last second before we go back on the air. Well, I thought you might know. Joe's asking me if I can cure all known diseases and feed the poor. <laughs> Not in our present state. No. Okay. On the mark, enough. brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. We have open lines. You have to just be a speedy dialer. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We're going to read the last of the texts and emails in a moment. But we want to remind you, the Sunbury Motor Company brought to the program uh, this week during Joe McGranahan's retirement shortened weekend. Same story tomorrow. Family-owned dealership since 1915. We invite you to do what I did: take a test drive in the Mustang Mach E. They got a mannequin down there. That's that uh, ruby red color that gorgeous dark red. Now remember, it's not the traditional Mustang. This is an SUV, but it's ultra fast, and of course it gets a gazillion gallons to the miles because it doesn't use any gallons. So, But it is great. A vehicle, all-wheel drive, has a set of independent uh, motors that uh, power things. You can get the ultra fast version or the ultra roomy one or the one with extra clearance or different ways to work it out. They also uh, the charge cord can be plugged into 110 if you got a couple of two, three, four hours to charge it up, or just a couple of hours if you got 220 out at your garage to plug in your Mustang. And they got a group of new colors. Of course, they do have that orange metallic that you see down on the lot. That is just a gorgeous color. I think I had a yellow vehicle one time, and it was wonderful, and it was easy to find in a parking lot. But we invite you to do what I've done. Drive the Mustang and then order one up, and it'll be here in a few months from the Sunbury Motor Company. All right. All right. Uh, One of our texters says, I like Bob from Williamsport. He's got his head on straight. Uh, Let's see. Another says, the Biden administration is paying contractors on the border millions of dollars not to build the wall while the materials sit there and rot. Why? Yeah, that's a mistake. And Mark, the law is being pushed in Congress by the left. H.R. 1 and S. 1 are designed to keep Democrats in power into perpetuity. All right. See you Monday, man. They should all be ousted. We should start with all new representatives and bring bring in some people in Washington and Harrisburg that are altruistic and like good governance. Statler and Waldorf will be back. This is WKOK Sunbury.